1: check this out illinois has recreational cannabis right what if you want to feel real good without getting high and how about ordering it online and getting it right to your door well there's this company mineral they do whole plant hemp oil formulations it's like cbd but it's more than CBD. Mineral grows the hemp in Colorado. They formulate the product in Colorado and they create these organic all plant formulations for anxiety, stress, inflammation, post at home workout and get this, the sleep one. It's fantastic. So what makes them unique is they actually blend these plant components together. Things that the body has like fats and vitamins that actually increase the absorption and effectiveness. So you actually get to feel the benefit of these formulations. Truly. The guy who founded the company, Mills is his name. He's coming on the show next week and you're going to hear his story. He was in Peru. They tried to take out his colon, but he used cannabis oil to recover instead. I know it sounds trippy, but wait till you hear his story. It's Mineral. It's a beautiful company, beautiful formulations. I love the balance. I love the sleep. It's MineralHealth.co. That's M-I-N-E-R-A-L-H-E-A. L T H dot co, and if you're listening to this podcast, and I know you are, you want to try their formulations, then use code Chicago fifteen. That's Chicago spelled out and the number fifteen. That's C H I C A G O one five. You do that, you'll get fifteen percent off your first order. That's fifteen percent. That's only available for listeners of the podcast. So use that code. Thank you, Mineral, and thank yourselves too because you're going to love this stuff. Cannabis
2: without the high. That's correct. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food arts and entertainment weekly concert listings weekly event listings the environment travel i can continue but you get the point point. and for all of you chicago political junkies raw weekly columns on real city politics from maya dukmasova and our very own ben jarofsky the chicago reader free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com read it now and be a more informed chicagoan all right your ben jarofsky show for tuesday april 14th is just moments away but before we get into that, we got to thank the following unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this podcast. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 in District 8. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9 are sponsors. And the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. A shout out to those unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this show. And of course, today's Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation Of labor, Benny J. Well, I was just thinking, as the blue skies. It's a wonderful day, wonderful Tuesday, so nothing depressing here. Give us a song of the day, please. All right, this one is like thematic as regards
1: to what I'm going to say. So this is for your mom, D.
3: I want to know what love is. Oh,
2: my mom loves that song. (laughs) Foreigner, man. I want you to know it. Is that what the name of the song is? No, it's just the next line. Oh.
1: And I want you to know me. Yeah, man. Mm.
2: <laughs> well, they don't say, yeah, man. Mm. The Ben Jarowski Show starts now. Okay. It is Tuesday, April 14th. And live from Ben's house. Yeah. This is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Quit playing with the paper during the intro. Good lord. Oh, there we go. Today on the program, it's The Ben Jarofsky Show debut of Crystal Cash. See. And now, your host, Chicago Reader columnist. Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky
1: here. We're calling this Happy Cheeseheads Tuesday. And here's why. Got a lot of happiness coming from the great state of Wisconsin. It's a great state after yesterday. We'll get to that. First a few things, just to get clear. It's Tuesday. So that means you have a good weekend, Who? Me? Yeah, you. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, we're getting. No, I know we're all getting a little antsy stuck in the house. I saw a couple movies, went for a drive, and while I was on the drive, I just got to uh, share this with you, Dee. I was listening to the classic rock station. That's why the foreigner is on my mind. I like to, you know, I like classic rock. I don't. I don't really know the songs, but I like classic rock. I listen to it all the time. And then I heard something on a classic rock that I had never heard before. I heard the news. Oh wow! Yeah, I, were they good? Well we'll get to that. I mean I just um I don't I don't recall ever hearing news on you listen to classic rock. Have you ever heard news on classic rock? Not it's, really. Yeah. Like
2: I, not like a news reporter. Right or
1: Yeah, a news report, you know, is usually my, my guess is that the the people who run the classic rock station are like, uh, news is controversial. One way or another we'll upset somebody with it, so let's just ignore the news. And so, you know, they'll be just like, you know, all right, we're gonna kick off this five record set with a little foreigner. I wanna know what love is. I love when they go, we're gonna kick off this set with a little floater you know so that's i mean i don't expect news from classic rock like i said but i guess you know since we're facing the uh...
2: was it left leaning right leaning oh. down the middle and well
1: it wasn't well we'll get to that so my, my guess is, is that uh, what happened acdc all lives matter we'll be right back that's Whoa. kind of
2: what it is
1: all, all well boss that <laughs> is, that in and of itself uh is a little controversial oh, i can't say that anymore all right uh, no, it was sort of like, you know, they they, uh, they decided they're trying to look for some kind of news that would not be controversial in any way while meeting their obligation to give us information during this pandemic, which, I, I mean, really... Dee, I'll be honest with you, I don't know why they feel compelled to give us information during the pandemic. Nobody is turning to the Classic Rock Station for information about the pandemic. They're going to
2: get away from that.
1: Thank you. They're (laughs) going here to, five in a row, we're going to kick off with a little foreigner. I want to know what love is. Anyway, so the news that they felt compelled to give us was just like a countdown of the number of people who've been affected uh, with the coronavirus, the number of people who died from the coronavirus. It was like, well, the latest totals are 1,173 people have been infected 43 died yesterday you know how they do that died yesterday and uh the death toll is right now let's see uh 794 we're gonna kick it off with a little foreign I'm like what just don't read anything okay <laughs> anyway that's what I did on Saturday I'm driving I'm like why are you guys I don't know maybe rethink the whole news thing Boy, we we're just burning
2: radio bridges everywhere, my friend. <laughs> well, Bez last week, this week, whatever the uh, yeah. classic rock station is. Up <laughs> oh, there goes Dennis's resume. <laughs> that takes
1: care of that. Hold on. Oh. This is that producer to Jorofsky. Hold on.
3: Here's
2: it. A... There. It takes care of that resume. Nice. Nice. Uh, it's a little Pink Floyd. Uh, coming up your community calendar. Also, make America great again. Here's Led Zeppelin. Like, holy crap. Ding, ding. And she's
1: buying. I haven't heard that song in, oh well, at least a day.
2: Oh, that was Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. You couldn't tell. That was very uh,
1: uh, so, awful
2: interpretation. Uh,
1: like it would be any different for any other song I've ever done. Uh. Anyway, the reason I had that Foreigner song in my mind, it's, it's the closing song. I One of the movies I saw this weekend was Good Boys. You ever seen Good Boys, D? It's, it's like a good movie to I've watch. I've seen Bad Boys. Okay, this Good Boys is totally different than Bad Boys. <laughs> good Boys is like, you know, a nice uplifting kid comedy. Anyway, I can't believe I watched it. But yeah. It made know. me feel good. Uh, and then they end up. <laughs> But, but i don't know guys just rethink it i know and hire dennis if he sends you the resume don't hold this against dennis but uh, gotta rethink that yeah. news okay gotta rethink the news meanwhile the other news that went to happen over the weekend lots of political news stuff i'm paying attention to this is what i do to sort of divert myself from the utter madness and of the pandemic i follow obsessively follow political news everybody knows that And let's see, uh, Bernie Sanders, we're going to get to some of this in a little more detail with uh, Dennis, but Bernie Sanders endorsed Biden. Uh, Happened, was that yesterday, D? Everything's just a blur over the weekend. That's correct. Ground line just went by. Thank you, Robert Mueller. Uh, So it was yesterday, endorsed Biden. And I'm sure it will not stop the Biden bros from complaining. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he didn't endorse him soon enough. Uh, he didn't endorse him warmly enough. He didn't endorse Hillary soon enough. No, they go back to 2016. If only he had endorsed her more. They're always blaming Bernie. I just addressed this in a column in the reader it's on my mind. Stop blaming Bernie. Uh, and, and by the way, just because Bernie has endorsed Joe Biden doesn't mean everybody who voted for Bernie or worked for Bernie or supported Bernie uh, will endorse him or vote for him. Uh, Brina Joy Gray, I don't know if you've uh, been following this. She is Bernie's former what communications manager, I don't know, press secretary, whatever they call her. She's already, She's been tweeting out like crazy that just because Bernie, who she loves dearly, endorsed Joe Biden doesn't mean she will endorse Joe Biden. And of course, you know, the Republican press, Fox News, they're going crazy with this. <laughs> oh, look, a split, a rift. Yeah, They love they love exposing—guys, I just want to say this to all my uh, Bernie Sanders supporters out there. They don't like you, okay? The Republican press does not like you. They're just trying to manipulate you a little bit. They do not like you. Because when tweet, uh, Trump tweeted out uh, something about, oh, they're, once again, they won't give Bernie the nomination, you know, like Trump really cares about Bernie or anything. By the way, Trump, if you care so much about Bernie and his programs and his people, why don't you, you know, support some of the initiatives, then maybe they would support you. You know, I don't know. Why don't you support, let's say, Medicare for all? Anyway, so yeah, that this Bernie uh Biden fight will probably be played by the Republicans for the next several months. Where it's not going anywhere. Barack Obama endorsed uh Biden. No surprise there. That was my Barack Obama imitation. That's what I thought. That's yeah. what I thought. Uh Dennis uh, is a great guy. Like Alton. Uh my imitation of Barack Obama is really bad. And uh we'll I, get it. I
2: would say that uh <laughs> Yeah, so it's bad.
1: Yeah, it's really bad. He endorsed him uh, without mentioning Trump's name. Typical Obama. Uh, They go low, we go high. He's got to pretend that Trump isn't there. I know, I know, I know. Uh, Everybody knows that uh, Trump is the evil person in the White House that must be defeated. All Democrats know that. But you know what? I don't know. Just mention his name. Attack him. Rip him. I mean, Trump would do the same to you. New games, new rules, whatever. Uh, It's just classic Obama. Just... Didn't mention Trump's name at all. Like, nope, not going to give him any attention. That would just give him, even though the name Trump is like the greatest motivation that the Democrats have. You just say Trump, and Democrats get all mad, but nope, not going to name him. Uh-uh. That would be going low. I'm going huh? That's my uh, Obama imitation. Boy, it needs work. <laughs> uh, the New York Times finally got around to uh, writing about the sexual assault charges against Joe Biden. Took him 19 days tara reed a former uh, biden aide uh, alleged that uh, uh biden assaulted her i think it was in 1993 the story is kind of a tricky one it's a lot of claims and counterclaims and stops and stutter steps and trying to make sense of it and a little difficult trying to uh determine whether you know it's really happened the way she said it is a little difficult but uh You know, it's a really tricky subject in the age of the Me Too, because on the one hand, you want to believe a woman who comes forth with the accusation. That's sort of the principle we're following. Uh, On the other hand, the Democrats, they really want to beat Trump. (laughs) (laughs) So they want, "Uh -uh, like the Democrats, like Tara, could you just go away? Just, just, Just don't talk about it. Talk about it in December after we defeated Trump. Then you can talk about it all you want. That's like I got a good friend of mine, a dem who will go. Uh, I will not name this particular dem. Told me not to press Biden for anything just <laughs> until after the election. I'm like, uh, if I wait till after the election, I got nothing. You know what I mean? I'm. Just, there's no leverage. He's not gonna do it. Then no, just it could upset it. The uh, you know, his a chance to win. Don't ask him anything don't ask or demand anything anyway that's kind of the Dems don't really know what to do uh, it it really is starting to remind me a little bit of what went down in the 90s with uh, Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton where the argument was well the Democrats are really trying fighting for good things Supreme Court nominations that were really important so uh, this could hurt the Democrats so let's not talk about it That's just you know very political uh, uh, very sort of cynical attitude to have um, I'm not quite sure what it does to uh, encourage women to come forth when they have legitimate uh, accusations of sexual assault, but that's where we're at. And, uh, you know, but then again, there's something else. It's a lesson to all this. It's a classic case of what a wise man, a very wise man once told me. And you know who that wise man was, uh, Dr. Dennis? who you oh me yeah yeah you said this to me uh <laughs> something could uh contradictory things could be true at once remember that oh yeah yeah you yeah. you said that we were in a car driving mm-hmm. ah
2: the good old days yeah,
1: i think you we were smoking a doobie oh and, uh, i don't
2: know ben, come let on me, let me tell
1: you something yeah there goes the job at the
2: hard rock i station. know man
1: no he really wasn't smoking a doobie hard rock while station. driving <laughs> The smoking a doobie thing that's cool but- he wasn't smoking a doobie he was smoking a bong anyway but it, it it was the kind of what 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 is the what was the exact line you said this you remember i was like
2: whoa that's a great line oh like what multiple things could be true at once yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, i I change it to contradictory things could be true at once. Yeah, I
2: wouldn't say that.
1: Uh, No, multiple things could be true at once. I can't remember what the context of what you were saying, but at the time, I remember how impressed I was? Uh, Like, whoa, that is so true. I'm going to steal that line and not give you any credit. But, you know, at the last minute, I gave you the credit. Uh, So, uh, you know. It could be true, for instance, that uh, the Democrats used Dr. Ford's testimony uh, to try to torpedo Brett Kavanaugh's nomination. Remember that one, D? Oh,
3: yeah.
1: Uh, That could be true. And it could also be true that he's a dirty dog who did everything she said he did, right? So uh, (laughs) two things could be true at once. Uh, And similarly, it could be true uh, that there's validity to uh, what... uh, uh, Tara Reid says about Joe Biden. On the other hand, there could be concern that people have that this could help Donald Trump. So two things could be true at the same time. I, um, I'm not sh- certain how this will help Donald Trump uh, since last I looked. I don't know. He had like 16, I think, allegations of sexual assault against him. I, I've lost count of how many, including a rape charge. So I'm not quite sure the Republicans are going to go around uh, saying, you know, how are going to deal with this? You know what I'm saying? Without dealing with Trump. But I guess it really is not an issue in the Republican Party. Uh, the Republicans have never have made it clear from the get-go that they really don't care about sexual assault at all in any given way. At least the Democrats are tormented uh, by the notion that there's an inconsistency. Uh, but there is an inconsistency, Democrats. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, your candidate has a, a very serious allegation of sexual assault uh, that's been uh, leveled against him, and uh, I don't know. I would—it's a problematic thing. Uh, it's given me pause. F- for full disclosure, I was not never a Joe Biden supporter in this particular campaign. Isn't that correct, D? Wow. Um I was. <laughs>
2: I don't know if that's really well, there was a moment when 100% he, correct. He,
1: didn't he sort of edge his way a couple times into the top five? Remember? Yeah. He edged his way. And yeah. Then,
2: oh. I I recall several live stream chatters <laughs> going, what the hell are you talking about?
1: It's true. He did. He did edge grandpa his way. Grandpa Joe. Yeah, I did. Grandpa. I went through that Grandpa Joe. You know, he's not a bad guy. Uh, but um, he never made it to the top three. Okay. Uh, and I certainly didn't vote for him. And I have a lot of misgivings about him right now. And I'm really working this out. I just wrote a column about this for the reader. I'm really struggling with Joe Biden at the top of the ticket for many reasons, uh, mostly having to do with ideology and what he would do. And some of his bizarre opposition to things that are just so basic that you think a Democrat would champion. I mean, here we're in the middle of a pandemic and he's not ready to sign on to Medicare for all. I mean, that's like stubbornness beyond reason. It's like you gotta wonder, like, what is motivating you, man? <clears throat> That's something Joe Biden and I have in common. D. we both say "man" a lot.
2: Come on, Come on man!
1: <laughs> I mean, what is motivating you, man? I mean, and Joe Biden's big compromise. Well, I'll lower the age of uh, eligibility age. We're gonna talk to Dr. Crystal Cash about this from sixty-five to sixty. So, if you're sixty, you're now ed- uh, eligible for Medicare. What? What if you're 59, you don't need health insurance? What if you're 58 and you lose your job, you don't need health insurance? I mean, it makes no sense. Why would you have an age requirement? If the notion is to uh, protect everybody who needs insurance, uh, and particularly now during a pandemic, and particularly now that people are losing their jobs and most insurance is linked to your job, why wouldn't you just have universal health care? I don't know. Why would you put an age requirement on Well, you're 55, you gotta die, and it makes no sense. You're 60, you get to go to a doctor. I me mean, absolutely makes no sense you either for it or you're not for it so it's like searching for a compromise it's like he's thinking you know i got to find some way to save face after uh, ripping bernie for this all this time i know i'll just lower it to 65 you know what d i just realized i was supposed to say nice things about joe biden until november here i go again here i go me and my big mouth this is always what gets me in trouble d you recall the last job we'll be in the attic forever <laughs> You know, they'll kick us out of the attic and put us in the alley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me and my big mouth. But I'm just pointing this out. I have a lot of issues with you, and then his thing on I mentioned this in the in the reader story. His thing on reefer. Now I know that legalizing reefer is not the most pressing issue facing the nation. But I don't know, every Democrat I know is for the legalization of marijuana. Pretty much every Democrat I know. It's hugely popular in the state of Illinois. We passed it by legislative act. We didn't even have to go to a voter referendum. The Democratic legislators, the senators and the state reps in Illinois passed it. The governor of Illinois, J.B. Pritzker, signed it into law. Immediately there was jubilation. People were pouring into Illinois on January 1st from Indiana and Iowa and Wisconsin to buy the legal reefer. Remember that, D? People, sales are going through the roof. Now uh, we had Sonia Harper in the show last week talking about the need to have delivery we're going to have delivery of reefer. <laughs> Not only legal, we're going to deliver it. Great bill, by the way. Thank you, uh, Representative Sonia Harper, for proposing it. Maybe get some jobs out of this for people who really need them. Anyway, point is, it's a vastly popular program with Democrats. Joe Biden's like, look, well, more study. I don't know. I'm, okay, I'm for decriminalization, but more studies needed. What? It's like reefer madness. Dude, everyone in your party is for this, by and large. Why are you resisting? It's like he's still responding to an old focus group messaging thing from the 1990s. Oh, people are turned off by legal. Don't talk about legalization. Anyway, I'm in trouble again, D. I shouldn't be saying anything bad about Joe Biden. I'm going to vote for the guy who's on the head of the ticket. You know that, everybody. I'm going to be complaining. I'm going to be one of those classic Bernie Democrats who complains but votes for the Democrat. I know some people who are going to be the classic Bernie Democrats who won't vote for him. I'm not going to mention any names, but I know a few
2: people. Anyway,
1: uh, so where was I talking? I don't even remember what I was talking. Oh, you're talking
2: about me not voting for Joe Biden. <laughs> me, that was I. More than likely, I'll vote for him. I just won't. You know, I'll go. Yeah, what the hell? Uh, I know a few very similar to 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what the hell I I, it, In the reader
1: story, I break out the different uh, types of Bernie Democrats and their attitude toward Joe Biden, something that's been on my mind. Uh, and uh, so, anyway, so I, I'm going to have a deal with the Republicans. The Republicans are really pounding their chest. D, the, the, I'm going to come up with a deal with the Republicans. I think the Republicans will sign on to this deal, all right? So the Republicans are going berserk. Uh, you know, Fox News and the New York Post. Uh, and various tw- uh, Twitter heads, Republican Twitter heads, are really having a blast, blasting Democrats uh, because Joe Biden uh, has this accusation of sexual assault. And they're like, oh, isn't it interesting how the Democrats uh, believed uh, Brett Kavanaugh's accuser, but they don't believe Joe Biden's accuser. Oh, they, 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 they caught the Democrats with a contradiction. So they're really going to town with it. So i do you deal with your Republicans. How about this? Let's say, let's just assume for the sake of this deal that both women are correct. Dr. Ford, who made the accusation about Brett Kavanaugh, uh, and Tyra Reid, who made the accusation about Joe Biden, so I could a deal with you. I will agree to have Joe Biden step down, use all my power and influence to have him step down uh, as the nominee of the Democratic Party. We'll replace him with uh, Bernie Sanders. How about that, D, for that? or uh, We'll let the Democrats replace him with our, whoever they want. And in exchange, you agree to have uh, Brett Kavanaugh immediately step down from the Supreme Court. There we go. We cut a deal, D. That's a perfect deal. Perfectly reasonable uh, offer. Joe Biden steps down as the nominee. Brett Kavanaugh steps off the court immediately. As to who replaces him, well, we have to wait for the election. Remember Republicans? Remember what Mitch McConnell said back in 2016 when uh, Barack Obama wanted to nominate Merrick Garland? Well, we should let the voters decide. So I'll tell you what: Brett Kavanaugh steps down immediately. Uh, we have the election, and then the next president—I don't know—be it uh, JB Pritzker or uh, Andrew Cuomo or Gavin Newsom or I don't know, Kamala Harris or Bernie Sanders—gets to replace uh, the vacant Supreme Court position. I think that's a, a good deal. Hmm. Not, nothing from the Republicans in that one. All right. And finally, a bit of good news from uh, the Cheesehead State. I want to give a mighty shout out to the state of Wisconsin. The sound that you heard about 7 o'clock last night was, there were two sounds. One was this sound.
3: Yeah, woo, ha.
1: That was me. And then there was this sound. Hoo, hoo, hoo. That was the crying of the Republicans because that was when it was announced. Uh, Seven, that. 7 in the morning this morning. No, that was 7 p.m. <laughs> seven in the morning. <laughs> oh, I was this say. is the sound for me at 7 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I was up I was up in bright and early today at 9. Anyway, last night was announced that Joe Karofsky defeated Daniel Kelly in the race for Supreme Court uh, justice in Wisconsin. The, the election was last week. This was the election where the Republicans, uh, man, I tell you, they play hardball, ladies and gentlemen. The Republicans of Wisconsin basically gave... Uh, the uh, voters of Milwaukee uh, choice. You could either risk your life to vote for Jill Kurovsky, or you could just stay home and be safe because they uh, went to court and got the Supreme Court of the United States and the Supreme Court of the State of Wisconsin to back them in this effort uh, to uh, not to extend the, the time. Uh, people could vote by absentee, vote through the mail, and they forced people to go uh, stand in line on Election Day. And after they had closed, for safety reasons, like 175 polling places. So there were these long lines of people uh, in Milwaukee. They had masks on and everything. Really brave, courageous uh, people. Um, civic-minded Wisconsin residents. Got to give them a lot of love and a lot of credit. They stood in line and they voted. Uh, and the Republicans were cackling, ha, ha, ha. This will probably do in Jill Karofsky because she is the whole thing was set up to defeat Jill Karofsky and promote Danny uh, Daniel Kelly, who was a MAGA hat wearer. Essentially, you know, one of those Republican judges like Brett Kavanaugh, Neil Gorsuch who does whatever Donald Trump tells him. And uh, he was put up uh, to. uh, carry forth the agenda left over from Scott Walker, which is to uh, agree to kick people off the voting rolls in the state of Wisconsin. It's that much harder for Democrats to win if you eliminate from uh, eligibility Democratic-type voters. Hard to lose an election. This is what the Republicans, the kind of games Republicans play. It's what they've been doing in Wisconsin since 2010. They've been very successful at it. Uh, They did the gerrymandering. They used the power that they had by winning the uh, legislative offices to Uh, gerrymandered the state so that more people could vote Democrat and there would still be more Republican legislators. How is that fair? I do not know. It's not about fairness. It's about might makes right in the state of Wisconsin with the Republican Party. Anyway, the good people of Wisconsin, enough of them uh, turned out and uh, Jill Karofsky defeated Kelly, I was so happy when I saw that. I was so surprised when I saw it. I didn't think there was any way she was going to win after they closed the number of voting booths, uh, excuse me, voting sites in Milwaukee from 180 to 5. And I was so jubilant. I was calling every Indivisible person I knew uh, or texting them here uh, in Chicago. So many Chicago Indivisible volunteers were part of the win for Joe Karofsky. So uh, shout out to everybody uh, in Indivisible in the Chicago area for doing such a good job. And a big shout out to uh, Wisconsin. Um, I am not going to say anything nasty about Wisconsin for at least six months. All right, Dave? Okay. <laughs> you know, I got my love-hate thing with the state of
2: Wisconsin. i give you about six <laughs> minutes, but
1: it's it has to do with football all right it just has to do with football everybody knows i'm a bear fan and the packers have always for like the last 20 years have been decimating my beloved bears and so you know what i'm i'm just not going to say anything nasty about the packers i'm just so appreciative of the people of wisconsin really showing me something just braving just braving the virus you know they they could have been affected but they stood in line and they voted and democracy prevails but I gotta give a just having said all that. Can I just give a little lesson in trash talking to the Democrats in Wisconsin guys? You don't get this trash talking game. I read it, so I got the paper today. Hold on, we get to the page. Hold on. See that newspaper, <laughs> listeners? Hold on, gotta get to the page. Tribune. By the some reason my Sun Times didn't come today. Oh and yeah, I'm you really mentioned that. Upset. My beloved bright one. I don't know what happened. I've been Brian! paying. <laughs> The techie out here. <laughs> That's so true. When we're back at, uh, at the Sun Times office, and they give us a little studio, which I miss so much, okay? Got a text today from Miles, the editor. He, you know, we haven't seen oh, Miles Oh, yeah, yet. yeah. And uh, he misses us. We miss him. And, uh, you know, had our little studio uh, back by the, uh, the <laughs> bathrooms and the water fountain. I miss it so much. But you're right. Anything goes wrong. It's like Brian. Brian's like the smartest guy at the Sun Times. He's like the what is what is his title? I don't know. Smart guy, or whatever.
2: Smart guy. <laughs> He's
1: like go. the guy at the Sun Times who really knows how computers
2: work, and he'll come running into the into the. He's the bright one of the bright one, and then it's usually like wiggle the wires.
1: Oh, oh there you go.
2: Okay, yeah, that day was funny. <laughs> I just wiggle the wires. Had, uh, Brian, the video is going messing up. I don't know. I had just jiggle the wire.
4: <laughs> like, my my dad's house. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: That's like me fixing a TV. Here, hit the side, bam! That ought to. Aside do it. from that moment, Brian's awesome. <laughs> no, Brian is really smart. <laughs> anyway, King, hey Brian, I don't know if you're in charge of this, but I didn't get my bright one today. All right, could you know jiggle the wires and see what's going on? Anyway, <laughs> I did get the Tribune and I did get the New York Times. So, uh, but the Tribune story uh, about Wisconsin, you know, typical classic. Classic. The Republicans got uh, mopped. All right. Essentially, uh, Joe Kurovsky took Daniel Kelly like he was a mop and just mopped the floor with him. Come here, sonny boy. Which is what, by the way, Biden did uh, to um, uh, Sarah Palin back in 2008. You know, I was bashing Biden, but the guy did pretty well in the debates. And then with Paul Ryan, remember what he did to Paul Ryan? Come here, sonny boy grandpa's gonna get you come here come here give me a noogie you know i gotta give biden credit folks he really did mop the floor with paul come here sonny anyway you gotta know how to trash talk democrats you guys are so pathetic you're like dudley do right so anyway uh it's funny
2: how much can change in uh eight years not the same biden
1: he is the same Biden, it's just that the stakes are a little higher. Uh, you know, maybe he's not I don't know. Let's see how he uh, he did okay. I mean, but the bar is so low in terms of debates. But he was actually forceful in 2012 and in 20, uh, 2008 So maybe you're right. Maybe it's not the same.
0: Play the radio. Make sure the television, (laughs) excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the the, the phone. Make sure the kids
4: hear words. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Maybe.
1: I'm behind him 100%, D, okay? Just like Bernie says, all right? As goes Bernie, so go I. Joe for president. All right, where was he? Oh, state of Wisconsin. So Joe Kurovsky just mopped the floor with this guy Kelly, all right? So uh, they turned to the Republican, the head of the Republican Party in Wisconsin, you know, now he just got whooped. But typical Republican, they're not going to admit it. So this is what the Republican said. The winner is going to try to say this is going to foreshadow what is going to happen in November, no matter who wins. You just can't read a lot into the spring elections and apply it to the fall. Oh, yeah, yeah guarantee if your boy won if Kelly won you'd be going this shows that Donald Trump is triumphant this shows Mega! <laughs> oh my God unbelievable you know the Republicans are just oh well yeah you can't hide. He, he he wasn't on the Donald this, this is the excuse they're giving well he wasn't on the ticket. Donald Trump wasn't on the ticket. Had he been on the ticket, all these people in Waukesha would have shown up to vote, huh? That Come on, Ben. I like that
2: impression <laughs> you're doing there. Right? <laughs> hey, he on the ticket. <laughs>
1: he wasn't on the ticket, all right? That's good. Thank you. Thank you. I don't <laughs> even know who I'm imitating. And Green Bay. People in Green Bay didn't vote because he wasn't on the ticket, okay? All right. There's Republican. Always have an excuse to the Republican Party. The Democrats should be talking smack. They've They should be like firing up their people. They should be saying things like, man, this shows that the resistance is alive, but no. The Democratic head, who by the way, did a great job anyway, said, "Uh, I don't think anyone believes what happens in Wisconsin in the first election during a pandemic predicts anything in either direction. This is such an unusual situation. And this is the first time anyone is figuring out how to operate in the environment. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to send this guy to Sergio Vicente, our good friend, uh, comes on the show, talks about uh, mixed martial arts. you got to learn how to trash talk, Democrats. That's what, It's like the, that old Obama, when they go, oh, we go, hi, Obama won't even mention the name. You know, it's like, trash talk, you know, pound your chest. Say, we mop the floor with them. Say stuff like that. Nope, it's like, well, you, don't <laughs> you can't really predict. Uh, who knows what tomorrow will bring?
2: For God's sake, somebody call someone a douchebag. <laughs>
1: You know, I was going to say nice things about Wisconsin. Anyway, this is what I say about what went down yesterday. Looks like Monroe may be right. Come November, Donnie's going down. We got a great show today, everybody. Dr. Crystal Cash will be coming on an old friend of mine. Dr. Crystal Cash practiced medicine on the South Side of Chicago for many years, talking about uh, coronavirus, what could be done to prevent it, why the death rates are so much higher in black communities than white communities. And she's also getting a little politics. You know, Republicans going after Dr. Fauci. It's very interesting. You got to shut up, go along with whatever the president says these days he keeps contradicting himself one day to the next. So we'll have plenty of political talk ahead of us. But before we do that, the young man from Alton, the pride and joy of the 618, the man they call a doctor with the news.
2: Hey, everybody, how's it going? (laughs) I hey, haven't been called Dr. Doobie in a while. Notice that. Yeah. Keep that going. I'm
1: trying to get you that job with the... Oh, that's know, the... <laughs> long gone, pal.
2: Could have used you months ago on that. Wait, All hold right. on,
1: hold on. Just, just in from the classic station, Dennis's resume. Ah, oh, sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hit, him, hit him where it hurts, <laughs> as the curls say. Hope you're all safe and well. Before we talk about what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon, we have to talk about all of the national news that has happened since Friday. Mainly two things, both involving the last man standing, oh, but barely, he's pretty old, our Democratic presidential candidate, Joey B. (laughs) Joe Biden. Now, last week, Bernie Sanders' lovers were saddened. When Bernie Sanders announced that he will be suspending his presidential campaign, we played the audio. Ben cried a little bit. I edited it out. It was awkward. <laughs> very awkward. <That's> correct. <laughs> uh,
1: rough day for me last week when Bernie uh, dropped out of the race. Yes, yeah. it was.
2: Very weird. <laughs> well, on Monday, Bernie doubled down and very similar to the 2016 Democratic presidential primary against his opponent, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders has endorsed Joe Biden. I have some audio. Like to hear it? Here it goes. Shout out to CBS. Please don't sue us.
5: Please. Today, I am asking all Americans, I'm asking every Democrat, I'm asking every Independent, I'm asking a lot of Republicans to come together in this campaign to support your candidacy, which I endorse to make certain that we defeat somebody who I believe, and I'm speaking just for myself now, uh, is the most dangerous president in the modern history of this country a president and you made this point who downplayed this pandemic who ignored the advice that some of his people were giving him which has not who has not used the defense production act early on so that we could produce the masks the gowns the gloves the ventilators that our medical personnel desperately need who today because I understand that it's threatening to fire Dr. Fauci, who has been uh, an unbelievable. I mean, it is who has been day after day, the voice of science. Not sure
2: why it sounds like Bernie's riding a lawnmower during that <laughs> audio, but that was it.
1: I love Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I just Joe Biden, were you taking notes? That's how you go after Donald Trump. Barack Obama, are you taking notes? That's how you go after Donald Trump. You point out what the man has done. Sergio Vicente, our good friend, gives us advice and trash talking. because You know, a boxer, a fighter. You go after the man and you hit him hard with the facts. And Bernie Sanders was unafraid to do. He was doing that for the last two weeks. Not a lot of people are paying attention because they just assumed the election was over. But uh, yeah, going right after him. Bernie, I'm with you 100%. I'm voting for Biden. You don't even have to waste your breath on me. I know there's a lot of Bernie, I call them Bernie Krats out there who are wobbly right now, but it's early. Okay? They're a little wobbly. That's my Bernie <laughs> That's what it sounds
2: like to be wobbly, guys. We didn't know. That's the noise of being wobbly. I'm
1: wobbly. <laughs> Do
2: I live in a swing state? If I
1: live in a swing state, maybe I have to vote for him I live in Illinois. I don't have to vote
2: for him. Oh, we got to get out of the attic. <laughs> <laughs> They're a little
1: wobbly. I'm with you, Bernie, 100 percent. I'll vote for Biden, even though he But come on, Biden, you gotta you gotta play along. You gotta drop some of your bizarre opposition to some like basic practical policies that your Democratic base really wants, like Medicare for all. Can you do that, Joey B?
2: Huh? Please? Now, we talked uh, yesterday over the phone, Ben and I, and I think uh, what we're going to be trying to do with some of our, we're going to try and invite. a lot of our pro-Bernie guests on, and uh, we're going to talk to them, and um, we're going to ask them what they would like to see out of Joe Biden, right? We're just going to try yes. and help out all of our uh, Bernie supporting and, and, and listeners some of our Elizabeth
1: there. Warren supporters too. We're not forgetting. And our I Elizabeth will be Warren. taking
2: notes, by the way, when, when we do these <laughs> yes. interviews.
1: We'll be—I'll uh, be asking, "What do you need to hear from Joey B?" All right, you know. So you're not so. You don't want to feel like that,
3: guys.
1: (laughs) I know so many Bernie Kratz, man. They're like, I'm not voting for him. This is right now. Ben, I'm not voting for him. You can't get me to vote for him. (laughs) All right, calm down. It's it's April. We still have a long way to go. Every time a Bernie Krat like writes about how he or she's not voting for him, you ever know Fox is like, well, another Bernie Krat says he's not voting for him. There you (laughs) go. Okay, Fox, calm down. It's April, all right? We'll see see what the world looks like in November.
0: Wobbly. Well, uh, Bernie, I want to thank you uh, um, uh, for that. It's a a big deal. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, I think that uh, your endorsement means a great deal. It means a great deal to me. I think people are going to be surprised that we... Are part on some issues, but we're awfully close on a whole bunch of others. And uh, and I think you've made. I'm if if I am the nominee, which it looks like now, you just made me. Um, I uh, <laughs> I'm going to need you not just to win the campaign, but to govern. And so, uh, uh, did you have any questions for me, Bernie, at all? I did, Joe. Before we do that, Ben, your thoughts. I love how Bernie pounces. I did,
1: Joe. <laughs> I love Bernie Sanders. You know, I, th- that was like the old Joe. I like. yeah, he's not a bad guy. You know, when he got, remember those days, D? You know, I put him number five. He's a nice guy. I had to put somebody five, okay? Everybody giving me a hard time. And then I would challenge my listeners, you come up with five. And then they would do things like this Bernie one, Bernie two, Bernie three, Bernie four, Bernie five. That's hardly coming up with five guys, okay? So uh, it's hard. You go through that list. Now I kind of wish. You know, I was nicer to some of the other candidates who aren't. don't seem so bad. Oh, too late for that. <laughs> I did, Joe.
5: Um, let's talk about some of the areas that I think we are actually fairly close. There are some areas where we disagree, but some where we are fairly close. Let's talk about the economy. Uh, and above and beyond the crisis that we're in right now, uh, you know uh, very well that millions of our people are working for starvation wages. And one of the Fights that I've been waging for a number of years now is to raise that minimum wage uh, to at least 15 bucks an hour. Is that something, Joe, uh, that you are supportive
0: of? Bernie, I am extremely supportive of that, and I want to thank you for leading <laughs> on it. I thank you for your endorsement, your support, but it means, look, it means a great deal to me personally. As I said in my statement, when you suspended your campaign, I want to thank you for being the powerful voice, and you've been the most powerful voice for a fair and more just America. It's a voice like yours that refuses to allow us just to accept what is. You've refused to accept that we can't change what's wrong in our nation. You refuse to accept that health and well-being of our fellow citizens and our planet isn't the responsibility of somebody else. It's our responsibility to act now. And you don't get enough credit, Bernie.
1: Well, he gets a lot of credit on this show, but no, no, that was like that was a pretty good pivot by uh, Joey. It was a very specific <laughs> yeah. question. Are you are you supporting uh, raising the minimum wage? And someone he, kicked his motor on there <laughs> halfway through. And then he's like, "Yes," and then quick pivot before he has to get into any of the details. But yeah, I'll uh,
2: support your stupid thing. But listen, da, 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 da.
1: <laughs> but you're a great guy, and you know, I, I everything you said, Joey B. I agree with you about Bernie Sanders, 100. percent Uh, But what about that minimum wage? What about that health care for all? What about the Green New Deal? Hey, uh, how about that reefer, legalizing reefer? You think he can do that? I put this in the story, D, and I've said this to you many times, you watch. If Donald Trump is in trouble and he sees those polls aren't moving, he's gonna gonna try something desperate. He will immediately, I'm I'm for the legalization of marijuana. (laughs) Anything he can to an election. But you know what? I'm glad. Uh, that Joe Biden is inching, inching, I say, to the left. Got to push him a little harder. Move to the left. Uh, it's a, We're in the middle of a pandemic. Even Republicans are coming up with Bernie Sanders-like legislation. It's okay. Let it go. It's not 1995 anymore. You don't have to abide by the focus group findings from the 1996 election or whenever it was that you're uh, uh, linked to in the past. So come on. Let's get with it. Let's uh, join the Bernie movement. Let's see Joe Biden embrace all of Bernie's proposals.
0: It goes well beyond the $15 an hour. As I said, more than $16 million, And you're right. It's probably significantly more than $16 million Americans have lost their jobs because that's a lagging indicator. And Congress has appropriated more than $2.2 2 trillion, $2. 2 trillion in this last round of so-called CARES Act. And my concern is the Trump administration is going to continue to do what's always done. And that is, it's going to make sure the response in a way that the structural benefits go to the wealthy and the well-connected. And that's been your cry for a long time, Bernie. Basically, they're helping their friends.
1: There you go. Now he's starting to feel the burn. Okay. The wealthy and the well-connected it's starting to sound like a column I wrote. Okay. Yeah. Come on. Come on, Joe. It's not too late. It's not too late to be a Bernie Sanders Democrat. Yeah.
2: All right. So there you go. That was uh, Bernie endorsing Biden. How do you feel about that live stream audience? Weigh in. And also feel free to weigh in with your thoughts. You can reach out to us if you're listening on the download. Not a problem. Several ways you can reach us. At Benny J Show. B-E-N-N-Y. The letter J Show on both Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram now. And you can send us an email Benny J. Show at gmail.com, B E N N Y, the letter J. Show at gmail.com. And Ben, I got to keep remembering this. The Ben Jarofsky Show now has a phone number. Yes, you can call the Ben Jarofsky Show. Uh, feel free to reach out. I mean, if you want to now, maybe we'll answer. I don't know. It might be hard for me to do it, but we got to do it anyway. Uh, let me uh, find the phone number here for you to call. I'm just kind of riffing this as we go along here. <laughs> it's Ben calling me every time. The <laughs> luck it freaks is me priceless out. It me huh? out every time. <laughs> Who did that?
1: His inner Joe Biden <laughs> comes out.
2: <laughs> I can't find the phone number right now. Uh, no, here we go. Here okay. we go. Uh, the Ben, you can reach the Ben Jarofsky <laughs> Show 658 4 Don't call, man. <laughs> 708-658-4788. Leave us a voicemail and uh, we'll play it. Watch your language. Mm. Don't be too foul-mouthed. All right. So that was uh, uh, Bernie endorsing Biden. Let's see here. Moving on. Oh, Biden picking up tons of endorsements. Yes. Uh, the coast is clear, Barack. <laughs> <laughs> Come <laughs> Finally. Yeah, profile profiling courage. Barack Obama comes out of hiding. Finally. Yeah, they're all gone now. It's just Biden. Coast is clear. <laughs>
4: Former President Barack Obama has endorsed Joe Biden as well. I'm so proud to endorse Joe Biden for president of the United States. Choosing Joe to be my vice president was one of the best decisions I ever made. And he became a close friend. And I believe Joe has all the qualities we need in a president right now. He's someone whose own life has taught him how to persevere, how to bounce back when you've been knocked down. Joe has the character and the experience to guide us through one of our darkest times and heal us through a long recovery. And I know he'll surround himself with good people, experts, scientists, military officials who actually know how to run the government and care about doing a good job running the government and know how to work with our allies, and who will always put the American people's interests above their own. For those of us who love this country and are willing to do our part to make sure it lives up to its highest ideals, now's the time to fight for what we believe in. So join us. Join Joe. Keep taking care of yourself, and your families, and each other. Keep believing in the possibilities of a better world, and I will see you on the campaign trail as soon as I can. No, that wasn't Ben. That was actually <laughs> Barack Obama.
1: You know, just hearing his voice, I don't know there's something about Barack Obama. Every time he's been on a ballot, I vote for him. And then I moan and groan and complain, and and then he, I just hear him, I like, go, where, where do I get to vote for him again? I love this guy. Can I vote
5: for him, please?
1: Well, oh, oh, oh. there's just something about Barack. The man is gifted. He's most, probably the most gifted politician uh, in my lifetime, D. So just hearing him talk there just brings back memories. 2008, Grant Park. I wasn't there. I was in Iowa, but whatever. 2008, when he, he accepted the victory and coming before all the people. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe that? What it was like then and what it's like now. Here I am stuck in the attic. Here <laughs> you all locked in your homes, people on the front lines battling this disease every day, more horrific stories. Our president of the United States is a combination of clueless and antagonistic out of his mind. Oh man. It's been a, it, we've come a long way from Barack Obama. Yeah. Good to hear his voice and you know, behind the scenes, D, he was kinda undercutting bernie the whole time we're not going to talk about that okay you know? well you kind of
2: answered my question there uh did that yeah. work are you feeling are you riding with biden now that you heard uh, obama endorses boy
1: well i was riding with biden before that as you recall i declared early on a long time ago that i was going to vote for whoever the democrats uh, nominated including michael Bloomberg. Will you
2: unplug and... your nose when you vote for biden after hearing that from obama you know
1: uh, yes. I by November you watch, you watch D. I'll be enthusiastically singing Biden's praise as I beg Bernie Kratz to vote for him.
2: You know, if you listen to that record player thing uh, about twenty times, you can really kind of understand what he's talking.
1: I kind of like it's like the hidden lyrics in a Beatles song. If you play it backwards, uh, Paul is dead. Oh my God! There's a hidden meeting in there. So uh, I'm already starting to become fond of Biden. And uh, what was the other one he had? Remember the 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 cure is bad. I forget that one. Remember that one, D? I was like, I, I heard that. It was, I forget what it was. It, it was talking about the cure for uh, the, uh, the economic recession we're facing. And I sent it to you. D, can you please help me with this? What is he saying? So I'm already having a fondness for Joe Biden already. Okay, we're only in mid-April. So I'm jumping aboard. Hold on. This is me jumping aboard the bandwagon.
2: Let's hear that. Whee! <laughs> oh, kill. Killer sound effects today. Uh, but you know what? Let's let's let's, let's hear it one more time you jumping on a bandwagon. Whee! <laughs> Eat your heart out, <laughs> whatever pod, all podcasts. All right. I,
1: I, I want to say this. I as much as I enjoy hearing uh, Barack Obama do his Barack Obama thing. We all know Barack Obama behind the scenes was undercutting Bernie the whole time. Remember those little like he would send out these little messages. Uh, we we do we should be too woke. We're too woke. Remember those messages? And then all my Dem friends would put it on their Facebook pages. They loved it. Like, listen to what Barack Obama says. It was like basically saying, Ben, are you paying attention? So, uh, yeah, I got mixed feelings about Barack Obama. I complain about him all the time. But when I hear his voice, I go, that's my guy. I voted for him. Let's see, I voted for him for senator. I voted for him for president in the primary. And I voted for him for president twice.
3: ...would reassess the recommended period for keeping businesses shut and people at home. Are you at all concerned, as Trump said, that we cannot let the cure be worse than the problem itself?
0: We have to take care of the cure. That will make the problem worse no matter what. <laughs> Vote blue no matter who, guys. <laughs> Vote blue no matter
2: who! <laughs> and That's true. That's how I'm doing it, okay? Because... <laughs> <Yes. laughs>
1: Uh, I love that. That might be my favorite bet. We have to take care of the cure,
2: guys. (laughs) blue, no matter who. All right, on to the local news here. Today, our Illinois governor, yes, he will be giving his daily COVID-19 press briefing. So that means, yes, more than likely right now there is a sign language interpreter just stretching their fingers out and getting ready to interpret everything J.B. Pritzker is talking about. Uh, So make sure to watch that to get the daily updates on that. All right. No public events scheduled for our Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. But Ben Jarofsky, I have a feeling that today Lori Lightfoot is celebrating. She's at home, obviously, saving lives. But today she's celebrating. No haircuts. No. Hey, no haircuts. It looks fine the way it is. Because she made Chicago Magazine's 50 Most Powerful Women in Chicago. What's that? Another list featured on the Ben Jarofsky Show? What can we say? We love lists. And not only did Lori Lightfoot make this list from Chicago Magazine's uh, 50 Most Powerful Women in Chicago. She was number one. Holy cow, Ben! You actually got this sent to you in the mail. Did you look at this list? Well, it wasn't sent in the
1: mail. Just so you know, oh. uh, as I'm just going to say this: as a home subscriber to the Chicago Tribune, they uh, on Sundays they'll send me a Chicago magazine. So it comes through the home delivery of my newspaper. But I'm just pointing that out a little. You know, keeping things factually correct in the Benjirovsky Show. So, correct. I did not have a chance to look at that uh, article, and uh, so kind of winging it here.
2: Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, okay. This is going to be great podcast content.
1: <laughs> have not read the article that I am now going to be uh, called upon to comment on. So oh, this man. ought to be interesting.
2: Being a little too honest right now. <laughs> yeah. All right, right now okay. in my hands. I'm mm. going to do the Ben gag. <laughs> Chicago Don't Magazine. Don't rip my magazine. I won't. Chicago <laughs> Magazine, the 50 most powerful women in Chicago. Now, of course, we're not going to go through. Wait, time
1: out. Is it Chicago or Chicago Land? Does it
2: say Chicago or? Wait, hold on. Let me look. Boy, we are not the two to be doing
1: that. No, it's Chicago. All right, okay. Well, calm down. All right, okay. okay. <laughs>
2: I want to know what love is. Sorry. Please keep listening, guys. <laughs> all right. So uh, there's a, we're not going to talk about all 50, all right? Mm. But I went through and looked at the list of the 50 most powerful women in Chicago. Not Chicagoland, just Chicago. And, Ben, there are 12. 12 of the women listed uh, in this list have been on the Ben Jarofsky Show oh. for 10 trivia points. Can you name all 12. Uh, all right. Um, you looked at the list. I know. Well, I, I didn't look at the
1: whole list. Um, all right. I uh, I know that. Uh, uh, well, you just said Lori Lightfoot. Lori Lightfoot was on the show. There Remember you that go. one? There you go. <laughs> Before she was elected. Once elected, I am never going on that show again. Uh, Lori Lightfoot is on the list. Uh, SDG is yes. on that list. Stacy Davis Gates. Great Stacy Davis Gates. <laughs> Uh, is on the list. I and and there's a great picture of her in there. Stacy Davis Gates. There's a f- picture of her. I saw that when I was flipping through it before <laughs> pre-show prep. Oh, let me let me look at that thing. Uh, my only qualm is they have Stacy. What number is she? She's like
2: they got Stacy Davis Gates. I believe fourteen at number
1: fourteen. 15? Thirteen. Four- Thirteen. Thirteen. Yes. All right. That. Hey, Chicago Magazine. Pay attention. She should be number two. Lori one, Stacy two. You know, it's like, can we have that one-on-one basketball game? Stacy Davis-Gates versus Lori
2: Lightfoot. Are we pleading for that?
1: Stacey Davis, both of them love basketball. Both of them were point guards in high school. Anyway,
2: I was going to say, uh, there's no timer, but your time's up. All right. You couldn't list them all. All right. Okay. Let's just go over this. Okay. I got two, right? <laughs> yeah. Way to go. Two and a big long riff. All right. So, Lori Lightfoot, obviously, she's number one. All right. Let's see here. Going through number two through nine. Oh, wait. Oh, number six. Tony
1: Preckwinkle. TP. Tony Preckwinkle's been a guest on this show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We haven't had okay. her on in a while. No, we haven't. Uh, <laughs> she's another one who said, I'm not going to that show anymore. That <laughs> guy.
2: Right. Oh, hey, number 10 on the list. She's been on the program, and she said bullshit on our show. Kim Fox. Oh, yeah. did you just swear? Yeah. Did you just swear?
1: Uh, Kim Fox was on this show. Yeah, that was a blast. Uh, it was not too long ago, actually, about a month ago. God,
2: Thanks, was... Thank you for the content once again. Bill the Bro Conway. <laughs> All right yeah. looking at the list okay number 12 The reefer are Toy Hutchinson. Toy
1: oh, Toy Hutchinson I haven't been in the show in a while. Uh, Toy, you listening hurry up back. but she was a, I always thought that Toy Hutchinson uh, would make would be a great talk show host herself. I used to tell her, you're gonna be a media superstar one day. Lot of personality for Toy Hutchinson. She is now the cannabis sire for the state of Illinois.
2: Number 13, SDG. Ben picked her uh, as a vice presidential candidate. Uh, Stacy Davis Gates. All right, looking more at the list here. Now, I don't know if number 17, I can't remember. She may have been on our show. She may have canceled. I don't know. Ben, <laughs> you recall. We're going to have to go to our uh, before you were fired days, the WCPT 820. Uh. Uh, juliana stratton number 17 oh yeah she was, on she was show? in studio
1: juliana stratton oh my god the wheeling and dealing behind the scenes before i got to pritzker campaign yeah she came on the show and uh, she was a great guest uh that was yeah, the old days before ben come into this office beat it uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> too much talk of tips, get out of here uh yeah so she um she was on the show mm-hmm. number 19 lauren underwood Lauren Underwood was on the old show yeah, at least. Before you were fired. <laughs> before it was fired. At least, I don't know, three times, something
2: like that. Hey, you know, if you weren't fired, we would never be doing the show in an attic. How about that, huh? Uh,
1: well, I don't know. We'd probably still be doing the show in the attic, uh, <laughs> but whatever. Uh
2: we have moved on, D. Well, they probably days. make my ass show up to the station. <laughs> ben, you do it yours from your house. Dennis, show up at the station. <laughs> That's exactly what uh... would happen. All right, moving on here. Uh well. She's never been on our program, but we've given her a lot of love here on the Ben Jarofsky Show. And I call her the woe man for a reason. Fran Spielman, number 26.
1: A great picture of Fran Spielman and a good article. There was a write-up by the Sun-Times. Fran Spielman, of course, the legendary uh, Chicago Sun-Times city hall reporter. And uh, share that office, that little studio with us, D. Uh, right down the hall from uh, the bathrooms at the Chicago Sun-Times. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, missed that studio. So congratulations, France Billman. She... Uh, um... Deserves it.
2: She would typically uh, typically do her show on Fridays, and so uh, the Thursday after every show, Ben, pick up after yourself. <laughs> My God,
1: I know Dennis would always make me clean up the studio. <laughs> the place could be like you know Animal House. For, see, France coming in tomorrow. Throw away that. Put pour out the coffee in that cup. Okay.
2: By the way, if you've yet to do so, check out the Fran Spielman Show at uh, Chicago Sun Times website and wherever else you download your favorite podcasts. Uh, if you listen real close, you may hear me. I've done the show a few times. You, you won't hear me, though. I don't really say anything or do anything. All right, moving on to this list here. Number 32, Tracy Bame of the Chicago Reader.
1: T.B. Tracy Bame, publisher of the Chicago Reader. Uh, and she's come on this show more than once. She comes on the show usually to promote stuff for the reader. One of the m- many reasons I love Tracy Bame is, you know, just, hey, Tracy, what do you think of Trump? And then she'll rip Trump. <laughs> It's like a great rep. I think our listeners love it, too. TB, congratulations, Tracy Bain. Tracy
2: Bain, you're awesome. All right, I think we've got uh, about as much as we can get out of this bit here, Ben. So let's just list the other names that have been on our program. Susanna Mendoza. Uh, let's see. Also, okay, no one on that list. We're at the top ten. Uh, Elena Hampton. She Elena was on Hampton. our program. A couple times, several yeah. times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bridget
1: Gainer. Bridget Gainer, yes. <laughs> Well, in the old days, Bridget Gainer, Cook County Board Commissioner, showed up a little late, as I recall, but she was there. You know, so.
2: little late. Just a little late. A little late. Just a little, little. little. And finally, number 49 on the list. Uh, congratulations, Marie Newman. Oh, Marie Newman is on that list. Uh, is Jan Schakowsky on that list? Wait, let me look. Mm-hmm. No. Now, Ben, I know uh, we we looked at the list, and there are a list of people because <laughs> yes, we love lists on the Ben Jarofsky show. You made another list. My God, live stream audience, don't be so harsh. Uh, you made a list that uh, people that they left out right. of the 50 most powerful women
1: in yes. Chicago. Huge oversights. Huge oversights. Mm, I asked Dennis uh, <clears throat> if he if these names were on the list. He said no. And I just want to address the Chicago magazine. Right. Come here, Chicago magazine. Sit down. These are huge oversights. You're going to have to redo the whole list. All right. Well, starting with Jeanette Taylor. JT should be on that list, okay? JT 20. All right. Here's the list. There. Put JT on it. All right. Maya. You are
2: killing it on the
0: sound effects, too.
2: <laughs> Where's. How come Maya's
1: not on that? Here we go, huh? Here we go. There you go. Don't rip anything list. important. <laughs> I hope, oh, my God. This is the contract to my house. <laughs> By the way, there's a repairman outside in the snow. You see that, D? Focus, Ben. Focus. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, who else? Candace Castillo. Candace Castillo's not on that list. <laughs> Love Candace Castillo. Tells her like it is. Hey, Joanna Klonski is not on that list. Here we go. I'm going to tell you, half the people on that list, Joanna, they don't get up in the morning before I'm calling Joanna. Joanna, what do I do? What do I say? What do I? <laughs> oh, no. So, the brains behind all, of, by half the list, is Joanna Klonsky, ace uh, strategist and publicist. She should be on that list. Lorene Targos, is she on that list? LT is not on nope. the list. Sorry, that list. Here we go. Got to get LT on the show. How about the Heartland Mamas?
2: Are they in that list? Well, it's uh, in Chicago, so no. Well,
1: you know what? We should throw them on just because I love them dearly. There is Del Marie Cobb on that list. Delmarie Cobb, I do not see Marie right. Cobb on the list. Chicago Magazine, redo the list. Delmarie Cobb is probably the smartest political strategist in the city of Chicago right now. And she's a great... How about KC? KC and the Sunshine Band. Let me Kelly look. Oh, Cassidy. Ke-
2: Kelly. Well, we got Laura Ricketts, but uh, not oh, Kelly Cassidy. Oh, come
1: on, get Laura Ricketts <laughs> off that list. Chicago Magazine, you just put her on because you're hoping she'd give you some free tickets. If I put you on the list, oh, will you give me some free tickets? Get off. Put KC in there. Kelly Cassidy, man. Samina Mustafa, is she on that list? Samina? Nope, not on that list. What about Romana? Romana Hussain, is she on that list? Nope. All right, Chicago Magazine. I think you guys got to do list number two. Let's edit the first list, all right? Take care of definitely Jeanette Taylor. has got to be on that list, all right?
2: all right, well Ben, I hope you know you're stuck with me forever because <laughs> we just trash every media publication out here. That is so not true.
1: I mean, I like you know i I subscribe to it.
2: Okay, so if tribute. you check the list out, let us know what you think. Are there some uh, oversights? Yes. Are there some powerful women that you would like to have on the list? About is my wife on that list? Wait, a minute. <laughs> Pam? No,
1: no, no Pam. All no right. Pam. I'll tell you what. <laughs> My wife should be on that list. Uh, she makes an excellent avocado and cheese sandwich.
2: Holy cow, it is snowing outside, It's really snowing
1: out. But right. meanwhile, that guy is fixing the, the telephone wire in the snow. I got to give him a lot of credit. Oh,
2: well, yeah, put the hammer down, buddy. I mean, down, really,
1: that, very admirable. Here Just I am. Quit
2: being distracted by the guy in the alley. We're doing a show. If the thing dies, folks, you know,
1: <laughs> this guy is, it's out there. It's really snowing hard, and he's... Is it the telephone or is it Combat? I don't know which one. I'll well, tell
2: you what, we're going to take a break here. Let's uh, put our boots on and go out there and talk to him, see if we can give him a helping hand. Crystal Cash is coming up next, everybody. It's the Ben Jarovsky Show, live from Ben's house. <laughs> Check this
1: out Illinois has recreational cannabis, right? What if you want to feel real good without getting high? And how about ordering it online and getting it right to your door? Well, there's this company, Mineral. They do whole plant hemp oil formulations. It's like CBD, but it's more than CBD. Mineral grows the hemp in Colorado. They formulate the product in Colorado and they create these organic all plant formulations for anxiety, stress, inflammation, post at home workout and get this. The sleep one. It's fantastic. So what makes them unique is they actually blend these plant components together. Things that the body has like fats and vitamins that actually increase the absorption and effectiveness. So you actually get to feel the benefit of these formulations. Truly. The guy who founded the company, Mills is his name. He's coming on the show next week and you're going to hear his story. He was in Peru. They tried to take out his colon, but he used cannabis oil to recover instead. I know it sounds trippy, but wait till you hear his story. It's Mineral. It's a beautiful company, beautiful formulations. I love the balance. I love the sleep. It's MineralHealth.co. That's mineralhealt dot C O. And if you're listening to this podcast, and I know you are, you want to try their formulations? Then use code CHICAGO15. That's Chicago spelled out and the number 15. That's C-H-I-C-A-G-O-1-5. You do that, you'll get 15% off your first order. That's 15%. That's only available for listeners of the podcast. So use that code. Thank you, Mineral. And thank yourselves, too, because you're going to love this stuff. Cannabis without
2: the high. That's correct. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food Put that cigarette out. (laughs) You're not a rock and roller.
1: (laughs) I love that song.
2: Hey, buddy, we're back. And with us now is Crystal Cash.
1: Dr. Dr. Crystal Cash, are you there? Yes, I am. All right. Welcome to the show, Crystal. Uh, Let me just say this, Dr. Cash, before uh, we start talking, take the deep dive and all the issues of the day. Uh, Crystal Cash, I've known him for a long, long time. And was probably the smartest kid I knew back in college. or definitely in the top three. Uh, and I remember many conversations we had back in the day, Crystal, where you always tell me how wrong I was. I don't remember what it was, but I was wrong during those conversations. Uh, do you remember those good old days back in college, Crystal?
6: I'm uh, very idealistic. Um, thought I had the world in my palm.
1: Yes, I do. All right, yeah. It was back in the 70s. We went to college together. Uh, Crystal went on to bigger and better things. Uh, she became a doctor, and she's been practicing on the south side of Chicago for quite a while. And I just, I bumped into her. Uh, Crystal, what was it? Uh, about a month ago at the Promontory, we were talking about politics. Uh, it was I think it was Super Tuesday night, if I recall. Jeanette Taylor was. was there. Yeah.
6: It was uh, Super
1: Tuesday. And, uh, and I said, I got to get you on the show uh, just to talk about uh, the pandemic, the city's reaction, the country's reaction, uh, the disparity in the death rates between blacks and whites uh, and all. And just, the, the, in my opinion, the need for some kind of uh, overall national health care, which is to me is abundantly clear uh, in the middle of this crisis. So we'll uh, just start a little bit talking about your experience, Crystal, uh, the years you've been practicing in Chicago, where you've been practicing that kind of thing.
6: Okay, well, um, you know, a little bit about myself. Uh, I grew up in New York, um, not in the best circumstances, but um, loved, uh, had a large family. Uh, there were nine of us, and I was the first one to go to college, the first one to go to professional school. Um, so I did get firsthand experience learning what it was like to be poor and black in America, and a woman, you know, all those things, is what they call it, uh, three-fers. Mm-hmm. Now, that could be 3 for in a good way, or 3 for in a strikes against you. But um, I was able to persevere, and uh, I um, came out west uh, to the Midwest and completed my education. I, as Ben was saying, I went to College with him, and then I came to Chicago. I went to um, the great proletariat medical school, University of Illinois in Chicago. And uh, my greatest aspiration was to be a resident at Cook County Hospital, which I then achieved and uh, went back to U for a few years and then got recruited to come back to work at a small community based county hospital called Provident Hospital on the south side of Chicago. And that's where I got my greatest education around the not only um, equity issues around healthcare, but as well um, poverty in America and uh, the depth of the discrimination. And later on, learned how it evolved in Chicago, in particular, but uh, certainly very reflective of not only the United States but uh, around the world. Uh, the haves and the have-nots. My specific plan was always to take care of poor, specifically Black, but later on, certainly that got expanded as I saw the need. um, People in uh, Chicago, and thankfully, there was a county system. You know, in a, a country where county hospitals were the only hospitals that poor people or people of color could go to um it was a pleasure to be able to take care of people and not have to talk to them about um whether or not they could afford to see me and to be able to speak in a language that they understood and to be able to empathize you know from a deeper level and so i found my calling there and sent um the greater part of my career working within both the county, uh, the U of I, and um, now I'm working at uh, Loyola University. You're a professor there. You're teaching young. Uh... I'm a clinical professor mm-hmm. uh, of family medicine and um, particularly focusing on community medicine, women's health, health disparities, and uh, uh, am the Associate Dean for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at Loyola. Uh, Not been in that position for two years.
1: Uh, Krista, when you talk about the haves and have-nots of medicine, uh, what do you mean by that? How is that reflected in what you saw at Provident? Provident, by the way, for uh, people who don't are familiar with Chicago is on the South Side, right across the street from uh, Washington Park. Uh, so, uh, how is that reflected in what you saw—the haves and the have-nots in medicine?
6: Well, if you have, and basically the haves have insurance, they have jobs, they have housing security, they have um, food security, um, they have access to what I would consider at least an adequate education, um, and have help and support from extended family members. You know, when you work in underserved care, you see the full range of the have and have nots. And sometimes it's related to financial resources and sometimes it's related to the deprivation of human contact. You know, we, we have a large homeless population and we saw many of them at the county system. And as a public institution, oftentimes um, when it gets cold or when things are nasty outside, they do come and stay either in the lobbies or, you know, in the cafeterias. And they, you know, they come for food, they come for health care, um, they come for social services. And uh, the county was able to provide that, you know, in my mind. We were able to, you know, in some instances when people, were destitute to provide them with some security uh, for housing, some security for food. You know, um, I've chosen to live on the south side of Chicago for most of my stay in Chicago, mm. uh, despite the fact that um, I live in a neighborhood that was a food desert for six years. We just got a local market um, a couple of months ago. But um, it certainly Makes me aware because I, I have transportation, I can go other places and get food. But so it makes me aware of, well, you know, what if you don't have transportation? What if you don't have resources to even, you know, bus? One of the things we did at County is we gave bus cards so that people could get back and forth, which to me is just so basic.
1: Uh, In during the 90s, there was the heat wave. I think it was 1995, and that's the first time sort of Chicago as a whole came face-to-face with the inadequacies inadequacies of the system's ability to help the people who are most vulnerable. I forget how many hundreds of people died in that heat
6: wave. Uh, uh, 2,000. Close to 2,000 people died. Um, And the thing I remember about that -hmm. that time, uh, one— Um, I had my last child. And so during that time and, you know, understanding what it was like to have uh, be um, vulnerable under those circumstances and um, close to 2000 people and the mayor at the time, uh, who will remain unnamed, (laughs) um, but we know who he was. Um, I don't don't know why you're not naming
1: them, but whatever. Go ahead. Yeah. (laughs)
6: He denied it for a very long time until it became indisputable. And you see that recurring time after time, whenever there is a crisis, there's the initial denial one, because it's not the reality of the politicians. They're not living that reality. They don't see it. It's not visible. It's like asking uh, George Bush, um, the old George Bush, Uh, What does a loaf of bread cost? No idea. No idea. And so, um, you know, people who, as the current system system, uh, situation revealed, people who um, are closed in, um, who don't have close family contacts, who have a myriad of chronic medical conditions that are either partially treated or untreated. And, you know, you try to find out and look at, and certainly it's no surprise what's happening now, but you try to look at the root cause. You know, um, positions like evidence-based medicine and root cause analysis, they use all of these terms and they collect data. And someone who's very good at collecting data, especially on the south side of Chicago, is University of Chicago. And they to my mind, are beginning to understand that they need to do a better job at providing services to the area that they live in. And of course, they were forced to open up a um, level one triage center after closing it. And that was certainly under duress. Um, But they collect data and they know what the problem is. They know what the root cause of the problem is. But for many years, they only attacked it very superficially. I, I I say now they're doing a much better job at it, but same cause mm-hmm. um, poverty, um, disenfranchisement um, and lack of resources are the main, a lot of the main issues. You know, when we talk about uh, what were some of the factors um at the county, we were able to provide people with, I would say, at least as much as we could culturally sensitive health care, medications, supportive services like social workers, home health care, home physical therapy, or physical therapy on the premises, um, people who would go and, and, and look after people. And a lot of that did start after 95. When they started saying, like, what kind of services can we provide that we don't put ourselves in this situation again? And certainly as time goes by, some of those services wane with financial pressures on the system. And then here we are again, back in the same situation.
1: Here we are again, back in the same situation, again a great disparity in the death rates. And... Um, so what what didn't the city do to address these issues between 1995 and 2020? What, what should the city or the state have done, uh, Crystal, in your mind, uh, that might have prevented uh, the situation from being the same? What is it? Almost uh, well, 30 years later.
6: Trying to change the infrastructure. Um, one of the things that I feel was a failing of the last at least two mayors was the lack of interest in developing infrastructure on the South side of South and West side of Chicago. And not only, you know, when I call attention to the South and West side, any map that you look at where it looks at the demographics and disparity and um, the greatest risk of any health condition on the planet, the highlights are usually in certain areas of the west side and the south, predominantly the southeast side of Chicago. And um, those areas have been so brutally disinvested in. And so over the course of the years, you would think if poverty, lack of resources, and isolation... This investment were the causes of all the deaths in 1995. Why wouldn't that translate if barely anything had been done from 1995 to 2020 in shoring up that infrastructure, investing in people and uh, places and things in the areas that had the most devastation? Why would it be any different? Um, I thought that, um, unfortunately, Obamacare was a good first step, but it was a weak first step. It was so diluted as to really not be as functional as it needed to be. Um, And I'm talking about um, the fact that insurance companies basically kind of mocked out the plan. And there are some things that are available and some things that are not available. And resources still tend to be very thin. Um, When you uh, talk about people who are in training, because we obviously don't have enough doctors. And if we did have enough doctors, there's no mandate to place them in the needed areas, you know, the places where they'll be most useful. Like right now, there's a hue and cry for people to volunteer and to, you know, retirees to come out of retirement and go back into practice. You know, if we had an adequate number of physicians and equipment, we wouldn't be making those kind of emergency calls for people to come back. People would be in place. Um, and, you know, all of those things, you know, didn't happen. They opened new medical schools. They increase the number of trainees, and we still don't have enough positions. We've had people looking at this since the turn of the 19th century. Mm-hmm. And here we are in the 21st century, and we still have not resolved that issue. So clearly, um, either we don't believe it's needed, or um, we just really don't care. The people who, who can afford to have doctors have plenty of doctors. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I hate to say it, but I think we really don't care. I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, when I take a look at how the city it doles out its money, its its economic development dollars, its investment money, over the 20-year period you're talking about, Crystal, the 25-year period you're talking about, which I spent most of my life studying how the city doled out those dollars, uh, it, it's pretty obvious to me that the city uh, did not have a... This was not at the top of the list, to put it mildly. Uh, and in fact, that essentially, the city's planning... Uh, development, if it were, its uh, its planning strategy was to just hope that the people who are most vulnerable and most exposed would just move out. I, I mean, that...
6: And, that and yeah. They did massive movement of people outside of Chicago. I mean, Illinois itself has lost I'd say at least 100,000 African Americans in the last 25 years, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it was Uh, And and Chicago being the central place, you know, people came here for jobs, for housing opportunities, for education. I came out here for education. And um, when that stuff started drying up, um, one, you know, when they started, and I, I would not argue that the housing projects as they were structured, without maintenance, without care, became like prisons or prison training locations. And so the fact that they may have needed to go was, was correct. But you have to have a plan of deconstruction and where these people should go, where people should go where they can have access to food, jobs, and safe housing and not just tear everything down and let things fall as a, yeah, I'm certain somebody had a plan. <laughs> I'm certain of it. And this may be the plan.
1: <laughs> yes, I do believe there was a plan. Uh, and in fact, I always give Chris Kennedy credit uh, when he, in his, when he was running for governor in 2018, uh, he had he blurted out he blurted out that the planning strategy of Chicago, uh, the Chicago Mayor Ra- Mayor Rahm Emanuel and Mayor Daley was effectively intended to move black people out of Chicago. And then everybody just jumped right. on his throat. How dare you say that? Shut up already! <laughs> uh, the cat was out of the bag. All right, uh, going forward, what uh, do you think the city and the state should do? so that we don't have this situation repeating itself with the next pandemic?
6: Well, you know, um, it's interesting. Um, Rush received lots and lots of grant money to develop those um, isolation pods that they have just in case there was some bio warfare. And incidentally, guess what? They have the largest capacity to take care of COVID patients in the city um, as a result of them having um, developed those. And that was supported both federally and um, locally, uh, the building of those uh, those pods for decontamination. And we had drills um, around the city and um, I don't exactly remember the year, but the year that the L accident downtown happened and there were lots of people uh, died and um, that's when they looked at, do we have the capacity to deal with a disaster? Mm -hmm. In my mind, that's the first time I remember them doing disaster planning and training and you would assume that those same things would kick in because this is a disaster. You know, it's a natural disaster. It's not a man made disaster or, or so they say. Um, But those same things should have kicked in early. Um, As soon as we started hearing about how COVID was growing in uh, Asia, that's when our disaster planning should have started. You know, so I think that um, the the lack of foresight and part of that is the arrogance of America thinking that, oh, that's not going to happen to us. That's in Asia. Um, Not realizing um, that, one, it had already spread to Europe. Um, And because, of course, we prefer people coming from Europe than from Africa or Asia. We didn't do our due diligence because most of the cases on the East coast have been traced to Europe. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, there were several incidents of people coming back from places like Italy and France who were not screened, who were not, they were just asked to go to China. Have you been to Wuhan? And no, of course not. And so we didn't start really screening for those people until we saw how it was spreading over Italy and France and in England and then. You know, and then we started, oh, maybe we should start asking about those places. And, you know, the screening that we were doing was so elemental um, because I actually came from Europe during this time and they had a questionnaire and they took your temperature and, and that was it. So how do we catch people who are carriers? if we're only screening for people who are immediately ill Mm -hmm. so that was a a major um, flaw i think in our screening process is that we were not catching people who were carriers
3: well
1: um mm -hmm. go ahead
6: uh, go ahead well i was going
1: to say that in many cases what you're what what you're getting at uh is a is an old story when it comes to doctors and elected officials and uh, doctors or scientists are supposed to uh, essentially give the facts. And this, is, this is what we're confronting without any kind of concern about the political ramifications. Uh, in, definitely in the White House, current White House with Trump, political ramifications are at the top of the list. We're seeing that with Dr. Fauci, the response uh, that Donald Trump is having, the reaction Donald Trump is having. Anytime uh, Fauci moves from the talking point that the white house wants him to stick to a talking point that may change from day to day crystal he's like there's
6: it is painful to watch dr Fauci because he's respected by the medical um community i mean he's as far as i'm concerned especially since i started my medical career during the AIDS crisis and he was on the forefront of that he was on top of um, trying to find out, one, what it was, and how, how do we identify it, and how do we treat it? And, you know, so he is very well respected in the medical profession. And to see him being uh, just overshadowed by um, someone not to be mentioned,
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> You're not mentioning anybody. You're like Barack Obama. He won't mention me either.
6: <laughs> it's like, no, I mean, it, it, when, you know, I'm, I'm from the African tradition is that when you say somebody's name, you invoke them. And I do not want to invoke. Um, I don't want to be Trump.
1: <laughs> okay. You just <laughs>
6: and you, and you didn't want to invoke daily either. <laughs> There's a lot of nothing. <laughs> because you know Richard Daly should be in jail you know as far as I'm concerned Richard Daly should be in jail um for many reasons mm-hmm. um and may his father be turning in his grave. um but all I'm saying is that you're taking experts and you're politicizing them and demonizing them so that the truth does not surface yeah and when you do that, you'll never be able to either solve the problem or do the root cause analysis of how we got here. This is not the first pandemic and it will not be the last. And if we're not prepared, each time it happens, we will continue to lose hundreds of thousands of people, which were the original projections is that, you know, one to two hundred thousand people would die. And the thing is, is the same thing that happened in 1995 in Chicago with the heat wave. People were undercounted because they were not testing or, or they were not uh, looking at this person may have died from a heart attack, but also they died because um, when they were having their heart attack, there was no one to call and they, their heart attack was precipitated by a temperature of 110, yeah. you know, inside their house. So they were not looking at the root cause of why these people died. And we're doing the very same superficial thing right now. We're not looking, we're not testing. So we don't know how many people have mild symptoms and have um, recovered or some people who have moderate or even severe symptoms because we're sending them home we're, we're not like testing everybody who comes in with symptoms. Um, Some places said at least test them to make sure they don't have the regular flu. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, uh, people will know um, we're sending you home with the regular flu, not coronavirus-19. So because we're doing such limited testing, we're only finding people who are already sick. Or at least they now are testing emergency workers. And people know, because within my colleagues, one of the greatest fears is taking this home and spreading it to your family, you know, your loved ones, uh, people who live in your household who are vulnerable. And so um, I think that um, universal testing is absolutely necessary. Um, That's the only way we're gonna know who's infected, who's a carrier, um, who's recovering with immunity um, those kinds of things. Um, and I know it's such a daunting task to think that you're going to test, you know, 300 million plus people, but, um, every state today was the, the, you know, the, every state was noted to have at least one infection and one death. Mm. I'm sorry, one death. Yeah. 50 states. So we know it's everywhere. And so as long as you continue to just test the people who are sick, who you already presume to have it, you'll never find the people who are spreading the disease. And if we're in a new stage of life where everybody will be walking around in masks or um, afraid to let anybody come into their house or afraid to go to the grocery store, yeah, I have friends who refuse to leave the house who have not left the house in a month. Mm. And so um, is that our new reality?
1: Uh, not even to go for a walk? Wow. Uh, just to get No, out so not even to go for a walk. Yeah, I know some people like that too. Uh, and I'll leave their names out of it. They won't even leave the house. I know exactly uh, the type of person to talk about. Uh, Crystal, I'll close it down by bringing it back to politics, which of course is what... This show spends—that's uh, what we're all about. Uh, I'm not letting a great secret out when I tell people uh, that my old friend Crystal Cash originally supported Elizabeth Warren, uh, and uh, in this race, and then I think you ended up being with uh, for Bernie. Bernie. everybody's out now, and Joe Biden is the uh, nominee. Uh, as a doctor, and, and yeah, go ahead.
6: It's distressing because one, um, when they politicize. Um, healthcare and food and housing and a free education or an education that will get you the ability to support yourself and your family as you get older. Um, I think for me, those are the, the salient issues of why one, we need people who are impacted by this. And I'm talking about people like AOC and Talib who you know, in, uh, 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 I'm thinking, the one in Minnesota, Uh, Omar, Omar, who um, at least are speaking to the next generation, you know, the current generation, and I include myself in that as a baby boomer, um, we can't see their future for them. And, you know, in the meantime, we're destroying their future for them as we go along. I mean, the fact that the planet has been cleansing itself during this time that we've been sitting around at home. Um, the, the the animals are coming back to Yellowstone. Uh, the ozone layer is repairing itself. If we're talking about the future, we need to let some of our leaders be the young people who are going to be impacted by all the, the decisions we're making now. So we need, we need new leadership, completely new leadership. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, I don't see Biden as new leadership. Um, <laughs> Crystal, and, he's uh, even uh, older uh, than I am. Okay. <laughs> you know, I don't see, I don't, I didn't see Bernie as new leadership, yeah. but I saw him as leadership that had new ideas. Yeah. And I feel that if, We can, in a socialist society, which we are, we're not a capitalist society. A capitalist society, um, we're a socialist society because we do support um, industry and corporations and agri-pharma. That's socialist, the amount of both financial and trade support that we give to these industries. And you wonder what we're getting back for that. You know, you know when I see the number of billionaires, we're not even talking millionaires billionaires who are benefiting from the labor of the minimum wage workers with with giving nothing back, they're begrudgingly paying these guys who are working under these circumstances you know a minimum amount of the wealth that they're accumulating. And these are the people on the front line. They just um, found uh, 200 people at a a meat processing plant in, um, I think, South Dakota. And they had to close the whole plant. And most of those people are immigrants and very low-wage earners Mm -hmm. who are now ill. There are 200 people who are now COVID positive. Where do they go? because they can't seek any of the resources that are t- traditionally out there because they're some of them may be documented and some that may be undocumented so as the people who are keeping um, our society uh, fed and uh, clothed and um, comfortable as we stay in our homes the frontline people and I'm in- yeah, you know, I won't include the physicians and, and nurses and firefighters and um, police in that because they're covered. I don't want them to get sick. I want them to have the proper equipment and we know that this could have been done. It's just there's no will. Well, but it, yeah, we we need to expand the the socialism that corporations are getting to the people that are actually paying the taxes and uh, living the low um, the standards that the that America likes to um, present itself.
1: In other words, socialism for everyone, not just the rich. You know that old line: socialism it, 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 for you the know, rich.
6: socialism. <laughs> socialism is just a term. I, I would say we need to become a more humanistic society and 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 think about human beings greater than profit. Without human beings, there would be no profit. Yeah. But to, to think that, that people are expendable as you make your profit, um, society is doomed if, if that's the way that we continue uh, to move forward. So we need new people in control. We definitely need both universal health care. And, you know, I'm not as familiar as I'd like to be with the system in Denmark. Mm -hmm. But the fact that um, you don't have to worry about food. There is a minimum um, allotment for each family so that they can survive. We have families that are working two or three jobs, and they still don't make enough money to survive. You know, when you have to make choices about housing and food and paying a light bill, the way that people are making right now and they're still waiting for a check that they'll probably have to pay back later, a loan that they'll definitely have to pay back later. Well, and
1: it may be, you not, know, it
6: just doesn't make any sense.
1: It, it may be not if if uh, if, if Biden <laughs> finds uh, his inner Bernie Sanders and starts speaking up. Crystal Cash is my guest, Dr. Crystal Cash. Um, Crystal, it's a pleasure having you on. And thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. I appreciate it. All right.
6: And I just want to say namaste, Ben, because I really think that you're doing an important job.
1: Well, thank you very much. That's Crystal Cash, man. Back in the day, we had a lot of fun arguing and talking and listening to music and hanging out. Uh, we lived in the same house together. That's a story for another time. Uh, the great Crystal Cash, she's a, a doctor and doing a lot of good things herself. And Thank you very much for coming on the show. And I also want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois, without yes. whom this show would be possible. I so
2: close to asking her how big of a pothead you were. <laughs> uh,
1: you don't ask Crystal that. So close. Oh, those are the, my glory days uh, when I've <laughs> hanging out with Crystal
2: and the, all well, the good people. Wait. Okay, I see J.B. Pritzker, and I see that Kenny G-looking feller, the sign <laughs> language guy. we got to wrap it up. Yes, indeed. We have to
1: wrap it up. So uh, I want to thank uh, Crystal Cash. I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, pride and joy of Alton, Illinois, the wheeling and dealing behind that board. Look at him go there, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I take back everything I said about... uh Rip up that resume. <laughs> Give yourself a raise, Dr. D. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody.
2: My name is Dennis. And hey, tonight we're going to be dropping another interview. It's our Cannabis Conversation Series with a feller named Mills. Get ready for that. It's going to be uh, a good interview. So that'll be dropping at about 8 o'clock tonight. So be on the lookout. And remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows and Benny J. Bonus interviews at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Subscribe to The Ben Jarofsky Show. You'll get the bonus interviews. So much content. If you're bored at home, good chance you probably are. We have a lot of content for you to check out. Go check it out and we'll see you tomorrow.
3: reassess the recommended period for keeping businesses shut and people at home, are you at all concerned, as Trump said, that we cannot let the cure be worse than the problem itself?
0: We have to take care of the cure. That will make the problem worse no matter what. That's correct.